Hello all, welcome to the Catch-Up, Food Beast's food news podcast. I'm Eli Aruth, I'm joined with... Jeffrey Kutnick. Woo, we're the co-founders of Food Beast, and this week we're talking about food copycatting. There's a lot of copycatting going on, Orange County, country across, country abroad, so we're going to dive deep. I don't know how I feel yet. In publishing as well as in restaurants, so it's like in multiple layers. The swagger jacking is in full force. So without further ado, Brayden, he wrote that sweet music intro. It's not music. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're joined by Josh Elkin this week. Who better? Cooking channel, sugar showdown host, epic mealtime chef, and the social media personality you all love, Josh Elkin. Thanks, guys. What is ex epic meal Has show. anyone got great... that good of an intro on the yeah. ketchup before? That's is, a pretty baller intro. Is anyone as good as me? That's the real question. <laughs> that's the, that's the more pertinent question. Disclaimer a lot of douchebaggery going to happen in this podcast. Please keep it to a minimum. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll Look try. at your arm right now. Does it still hurt? Yeah, it kills. Oh, your arm. Leaning it against us right now is not fun. Eli and I were playing basketball last night, and uh, I thought I was somebody that I wasn't and went up. Per- maybe trying to dunk even though i was not even in any way close <laughs> and got stuffed so bad by eddie wong and his henchmen by eddie eddie wong and his <laughs> gang of thieves, <laughs> gang of thieves. <laughs> and he I stuffed actually... me so bad that like it was so clean that i fell and hurt myself so bad that i probably should have stayed down but i got up with so much confidence it was on a concrete court, and you hear the thud. Yeah, like it was that's bad. ooh, it was bad. It was bad. It was so bad. bad that I went to the hospital for six hours <laughs> that night. What's serious is you're a chef. This is. Do you have insurance on your hands? I don't. I don't even know. How do you even start to do that? Like, I don't know. I'm not a chef. But I have to hit jail a lot and be like, "Yo, how'd you get it on?" Yeah, your hand models would know how to secure your hands. I no, a- what it is, guys, it's people of certain net worth, which we all aren't. Mm. <laughs> so it's just something we just don't know. Yeah, that premium is probably <laughs> insane. Maybe you just wait. Yeah, you just wait. I gotta, I gotta head up JP Pruitt from Zoolander and be like, "Yo, how'd you get the glass thing around your hand?" <laughs> oh my gosh! So we've been hearing on the streets this week that a few restaurants that we're familiar with have been having their menu items jacked, swagger jacked, just yeah. swagger jacked. I mean, one of them, a friend of ours, June Kwan, uh, her Instagram handle Stir and Style. She's been part of the Foodies family for for as long as I can remember. Um, she has a great concept called Shrimp Daddy. Yeah. And it's, uh, I believe it's like Hawaiian-inspired shrimp, shell on. It's served in a pineapple bowl with mac salad and white rice. It's delicious. She's shown up at our events with Shrimp Daddy. There's always a line. She's at Smorgasbord, and she's at just a ton. She's at Night Market, and there's always a line. We heard that another local pokey joint decides to put the exact same thing on the menu the exact same thing looks exactly the same yeah and for those of you not super familiar like june or stern style 140,000 followers on instagram again the concept isn't brick and mortar it's like a food festival booth circuit um Mm -hmm. although she's creating a brick and mortar in chinatown in los angeles later this year um and then like a brick and mortar orange county and Inland Empire Pokey Store kind of rips off her signature item, yeah, which is the garlic shrimp inside of a hollowed out pineapple 
Have you seen this, Josh? Have you seen this thing? Yeah, it's an extremely beautiful looking dish. Yeah. It's got all the colors. It's like, it's the definition of food porn right now. It's built for the gram. Yeah. It but it also, it also tastes good. I'm curious. Is, is it literally identical? Like all the ingredients are the same? I haven't tasted Loki Pokey Joint, which again is just a, a chain of Pokey stores here in Orange County. I haven't tasted it, so I don't know. But visually, it all looks the same. But like, my question is, is it just a bunch of shrimp in a, in a pineapple bowl? Is that the, the copy? That's the concept. So, I mean, the similarities are going to be like the hollowed out pineapple. It's going to be a garlic butter shrimp. It's going to be mac salad on top of the pineapple. Um, mac salad? Yeah. So like... Macaroni you know, salad? Yeah. Hawaiian okay. mac salad. So aesthetically, for, from the, for the gram purposes looks very similar that being said again we've never had it we've had shrimp daddy and we've had their concept but from aesthetics alone and from instagram comments that are happening cool to, to back up for a second the the timeline of this is like so they've been shrimp daddy's been a concept since more or less november of 2016. Well, like half a year maybe remember a little more than a year no that's more than a year, year. yeah it's yeah. almost a year oh, shit. almost okay. a year okay. when they entered smorg okay. smorgasburg um and they Loki Pokey, why this we're bringing up on the podcast right now, announced like three days ago yep. that this is going to hit their menu in two Southern California locations. And yeah, the aesthetics are strikingly similar. Um, here's I'm a, heated though, but but that's the thing, I, and I understand why you're heated because we've talked about this probably since we have known each other, so it's going on over two years at this point, just the swagger jacking of food, but the. The, if you break it down to its essentials, it's it's a it's a pineapple bowl filled with shrimp. That's the copy. But if you take that and you apply that to anything else, a burger is a burger, a taco is a taco, a pizza is a pizza. So why is that an issue? You know what? Like, is the issue copying the concept or trying to replicate the exact meal? So for the shit of it, let's let's hypothetically say it doesn't even have to be a hypothetical. Low key pokey joint is a strictly pokey joint from it's in the name right nothing gets cooked at the store so they go and put a concept on their menu that requires cooking and now for further backstory june again is a colleague of ours works with us we love her she uh part of our nudes 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 festival her her role in helping us with that festival was actually going around and taking video and photos from different restaurants in the area that we're going to present at our festival she takes such great photos. She, one of the places she went into is low-key pokey joint, right? So they're both aware of each other. And so I'm not so much heated about, I don't think there's too much legs to stand on with the idea of this shrimp bowl being copied. I mean, it sucks. I get the gut like, fuck, man, they took my idea <laughs> verbatim, put it on their menu. doesn't really belong on their menu. Um, but... I don't know. Well, my question to you guys is like, is this, are we talking about it because the prominence of IG? Like, are we talking about it because Loki Pokey has 22,000 followers, which is like, I would say pretty high for a restaurant. It is high for a restaurant. And people are talking and, shit on Loki's and, Instagram. Well, and, and more and more restaurant entrepreneurs have social media backgrounds. Like, is it even a conversation if IG's out of the question right now? No. But 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 then you beg your question, you know, no offense to June, does she even have a career if IG doesn't exist? Sure. 
Sure. Does she open a restaurant if IG doesn't exist? Well, she wasn't a restaurateur before. There you go. Which is fair. I think there is an entrepreneur problem in Orange County specifically. And I can't really speak to other parts of the country. I'm not living there. I'm not doing that. But here, we're very much digitally savvy first. Here being Orange County. Digitally savvy first. Entrepreneur first. Chef and restaurateur second. So a lot of our concepts are built around... I mean, June's concept is built around one item and beautiful imagery yeah. and beautiful imagery and she gets out she gets out ahead of the pack i mean she has more followers and everything than low-key pokey joint uh but yeah i mean you're susceptible you're in the crosshairs when you create one item you're bound to get knocked off i mean you can't copyright or trademark or patent any, a dish. Res- any recipe you can't it's impossible you can't and but what what gets me heated is the lack of of creativity coming from some of the entrepreneurs in Orange County. Because I'm just gonna call it out. I saw what really irked me the other day. There's a place called Main Squeeze OC. They're very well known on the night market circuit. If you go there, they have, if you go to festivals and you see these jars of lemonade that like glow and sparkle and there's lights in it, that's them. They also have these like series of items they put on the menu that just like whatever they think is hot, they do. They straight swagger jack Dominique Ansel. He has, Dominique Ansel is like very famous baker. He's the cronut guy. He's the creator of the cronut. But most recently, uh, Dominique unveiled this watermelon slice with a crevice that he fills with watermelon soft serve. And he tops it with beautiful chocolate watermelon seeds, quote unquote, air quote, oh, watermelon smart. seeds, right? Brilliant, beautiful, yeah. right? And it was like, damn, you look to Dominique Ansel, he trademarks everything with the name. Um, and then I see on Main Squeeze's menu, unabashedly, the same exact item a month later here in Orange County. For me, as a native of Orange County, I feel really triggered. I'm like, dude, come on, you give us a bad name. Like, we're known for a lot of awesome stuff and our food scene is getting amazing. We have a ways to go to get on the level of New York and SF and some other people. So like, to have this like whack shit come out, in my opinion, it's fucking wrong. I think you give a bad name for the other entrepreneurs. Yeah, it definitely puts you in this like, it it wraps you into an unwanted circle. Yeah. and and I I appreciate that because because it's not cool to just literally verbatim steal a recipe. If you modify it a bit, like for example, like if he, you know, changed the color of the inside of the watermelon, and instead of instead of uh, like cho- dark chocolate, he used like another type of chocolate. Like there's ways to do it around, but the utmost thing to do in a situation like this is to credit the creator. Yeah. Who cares? Why not be like shout out to Dominic for giving me this idea. Or do a different take, like do the entire, so Dominic's is a, a, almost like a, uh, an inch thick slice of watermelon, right? And instead of creating something really cool, like a whole, maybe a whole wedge of watermelon, that you still pay homage to him, like he's the first guy to do it, then put it on your menu, fine. People adapt and take notes from different restaurateurs and any, in any art form, you take notes from other people. But for them to do it, not even mention it, just put it up on the menu like it was theirs. Like, fuck you. Like, that's stupid. I don't care. No, that's <laughs> ugly. I hate that. Like, and, and I'm saying it from a creator standpoint. Like, I've had shit jacked. I'm triggered for a couple of days. I get over it later. Legally, I have nothing to stand on. When someone steals my recipe video that I put on Food Beast, I don't really have anything to stand on. I can still feel some type of way. I, like, people that we're talking about right now... There's no legal ramification for them taking a recipe or a creation right now. 
There just isn't. And that's something interesting to discuss, but that's maybe why they feel so liberated and, and able to just take whatever they want. Well, Josh, you're, you're a creator and like we talk about credit as etiquette, right? Mm -hmm. Like in, in content and social media circles, but like, does, is that just a pride thing? Because what does credit actually do outside of maybe tag your handle or like be the last sentence of an editorial article? Like no one's seeing that shit. It's peace right? of mind. It's, it's peace of mind. That's, that's all that is, right? It's just like, oh, well, thanks for giving me the smallest notation that has no effect on viewership, that has no effect on my own following, has no effect on my prestige. But at the very least, I know you saw it and, and basically like sourced it from me. Originally, none of that made it difference because there was it was very rare that you would face to face someone that you would steal a recipe from online today and this is years ago today it's very different the community of of culinary creators and curators like yourselves is so small everyone knows everybody like literally we all know each other yeah so now it's it's really uh, tongue in cheek because you know how often is June gonna run into the guy at Loki Pokey probably often yeah you know and it's gonna get awkward but that's where the the shout out comes in because if i do this whole recipe of me making my own version of june's dish and then at the end i'm like thanks for the inspiration june what's she gonna come out to me and be like you jacked my thing i'm like i shouted you up yeah i said thank you people who are a fan who are gonna go and research this aren't gonna look at this photo and be like josh created an awesome hollowed up pineapple dish with shrimp they're gonna see it and be like oh that's his variation of june's dish so it is a pride thing it's a pride, it, it, it used to be a pride thing, but now because things are so tight and the community is so small, it's more of a respect thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I do that out of respect for the person that I'm taking this for, right. from. You know, just like, for example, I made the hot Cheeto donut a couple weeks ago where I did melted cheese in the form of a donut and it covered it in hot Cheetos. I shouted out Cheeto because that's their, that's their jam, you know? You shouted out Cheeto. Yeah. That's cool. They didn't pay me for that. It's just sure. like an homage. Yeah. Granted, the backbone of that is like, yo, Cheeto, hit me up with some money. <laughs> but you're also leveraging Cheeto, the brand, to get people to watch your video. Yeah. <clears throat> see, that's where, see, originally when I started in this game of creating recipes, like, you gotta, fa you gotta rewind all the way back to <clears throat> before Instagram. Okay? Before Instagram. Is this Instagram, Epic Mealtime days you're talking this about? This is even before. Before that. Epic. Yeah, this okay. is before Food Beast, before Epic Mealtime. There was like. Food Beast's been around for a while, dog. <laughs> yo. You're gonna wait until you hear what I say. So, like, the original <laughs> food porn website was thisiswhyyourfat.com. On that Tumblr? On Beg no, to no, 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 no. Thisiswhyyourfat.com. I remember Tumblr. the website. The I actual the website, website, the red with the yellow writing. Do you remember this? 100%. We okay. covered them as news. 100%, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've been around for a minute. Uh, I didn't realize you guys were not some script, We're not some scripts news shit. Like, we're not that far back. <laughs> that that cough we, was me. Um, coughing my foot yeah. out of my mouth it was hosted on a tumblr first this okay. is gonna get really geeky hosted on a tumblr and then went from there they got this is why they did a book deal bro we were out here right now. so that's how we started with epic mealtime we were like yo why aren't they putting out videos uh-huh and we're like yo let's just put out videos yeah we didn't jack their recipe but that's where the concept came from this it's it's the same difference but to a different degree right sure sure so okay so uh, June and Shrimp Daddy isn't the only one on the block that got jacked. And I think that's what makes this such an interesting topic this week. And our block being Southern California. Our block being Southern California. Jed, our friend Jed, runs a Instagram account called Daily Food Feed. He opened up recently a very successful churro concept. Super successful. It's called The Loop. 
The loop features a looped churro. Um, kind of like connected a t- like, at the top. Like a teardrop. It looks yeah, like a teardrop. It looks like a teardrop. And often served in soft serve ice cream, like a cup of soft serve ice cream. Very beautiful, very Instagram worthy. It looks built by someone who really knows the Instagram platform. By the way, also delicious. It, it's good. It's good. Uh, I'll put it out there. It's not new by any means. I mean, churros are have been around the loop. It, I mean, I feel had some sort of inspiration. There's like something called Ridge's Churro Bar, which is stick churros in soft serve ice cream that's been on the circuit before the loop all that aside not to take away at all from the loops amazing branding um great brand cachet they still have they're open for more than a year they still have a line out the door almost at any hour of the day they recently got copied by someone called hiccups i think it's hiccups they call themselves like hiccups t-bar or something like that and they do the exact same thing they put a loop churro same exact look into soft serve ice cream. Here's, Their logo is almost exactly the same too. That's the problem. Yeah. That's, where that's I, the difference too. That's where I feel he has more to stand on than June and her shrimp daddy concept. Because while you can't trademark a type of food, like if you're not inventing a technology, you can't trademark shit or you, you can't patent shit there. But what Jed, I hope did, trademarked his logo because they, they stole the identity not the just the product. They sold the product and the identity. I think Jed has more to land. He should like yo lawyer up and go after him. In my opinion, you have a great you have a great case there. Well, yeah, because in food you basically have you know there's two legs to stand on legally, right? Your uh, copywriting intellectual property, your brand, your images, your logos, right? And you can go after anyone who who uses that name, right? So that's what Dominique Ensel does. When they when he launches the Cronut, he trademarked Cronut, and he sent I'm gonna guess sent cease and desist letters to hundreds of bakeries across the this country. This dude has henchmen. Yo, the, and like and like Food Beast got hit up by one by like mentioning a Cronut in art. Like they he was they were everywhere. Did you did you shut him out? Well, yeah, we were just covering it from what my recollection. Dude, I'm a fan of Dominique Ansel, but when his PR team, like we're covering it, like, oh, this amazing Krona is so amazing. Check this out. His team will email us, basically <laughs> cease and desisting, like, be like, hey, make sure you throw the trademark. Hey, did you get permission to copy Krona? Bro, we're a news publication. We're not saying we created the Krona. We're trying to give you publicity. All that aside, dude is a genius. Dude is a genius. <laughs> He's a he mad has, scientist. He has henchmen everywhere, bro. But, but listen, that's the New York way, right? Like, first of all, he's from Paris. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. so- Original stores in Paris. Yeah. Then he goes to New York where like, you get all the arrogance, literally. <laughs> and he's super successful and he create, he arguably brought uh, hybrid dish dishes to, to pop culture. He created that basically. Yeah. I remember, we didn't get a season. I remember recreating the Cronut. I shouted him out, beginning and end of the video, and I handle it. No cease and desist. Nothing. Huh. Unless we didn't see it. But we, I literally like started the video, shout out to, to uh, whatever his name, Dominique. And at the end, I was like, don't forget, Dominique, whatever, created this. This is just our take on it. We added bacon and whatever bullshit. But uh, it's funny because he didn't send us that. Maybe it's because I started the video and ended the video with, with, like, a, or with like an FTC style yeah. kind of shout out, you know? Yeah, who knows? I mean, in, know. in addition to IP, you can patent technology, Yeah. right? So if Jed at the Loop had technology that created that exact churro shape 
and it was an actual piece of equipment that had never been patented before, you could do that. And if they rip off your technology, you can kind of go after them. But we, the three of us know, sitting in this room, that basically, like, if you're creating something in food, unless you're Fortune 500, McDonald's, or Taco Bell, and really going into technology on an nth degree, there are other, always other ways to do things so in many. food. There's so many ways. No to pun intended. Exact, there's yeah. so many loopholes. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what would you do if you're Jed right now? You, oh, I'd lawyer up. You'd lawyer. I mean, because oh, like, imagine time. It, like I don't think Jed has a few partners, right? But it's at the end of the day, it's just guys pulling their money together and putting it in a concept they believe in. Right. And I think in the June situation, right, the shrimp daddy situation, you kind of just gotta eat it. Yeah. Like own your branding and in the same way, Food Beast has a Food Beat Canadian copycat that we can't. I mean, actually, we can go after that. Do you really? Whoa, whoa, whoa. what? What infringes on our trademark? But we don't like. Here's the thing: there's you pick and choose your battles. You just you look at the competition. You're like you either get better and just do it better. Uh, Right now, but yeah, we have a we have people i mean the first time we were the first to the gate with a lot of food news stuff and then all of a sudden every newspaper in the country creates like really strong food verticals or people copy our recipes partners people that we work with at the end of the day we're just like fuck man all we have to do is go back to our own you get triggered you talk about it with your friends and your colleagues eli really gets triggered yeah i get super triggered he's like in the office like f this i love it i love it so much like riles up the team like our slack channels are blowing up like just tagging everybody (laughs) like can you believe this shit you look at eli and i mind message thread and it's just like (laughs) both of us talking shit it's like yo did you see this did you see what happened here I mean, we just try to keep it real. That's the only real leg we have to stand on is we're talking about food from just a real lens. So, I mean, just fucking today, this place called Birthday Cake, another local Orange County uh, dessert shop, launches a, and I say launches in air quotes because it's, they weren't the first to come up with this. Dominique Ansel, again, the, the, in the crosshairs for being copied. Uh, for being a genius, that's why he's for in the being concert. a genius, yeah. being copied. Dominique has this take on a s'mores where the ice cream is in the middle and it's a cube. It's on a stick and there's marshmallow perfectly cubed up around it. Today, perfect timing for this conversation. Birthday cake launches the exact same thing. Come on, what's it like, called? Birthday. The, the place called Birthday Cake. Uh, instead of A Y, it's A E. So very colorful Instagram feed. It looks like an entrepreneur locally who does a has a great grasp of building a business and taking advantage of the resources he has available it's just unfortunate that the ideas are so uh incestuous if you will sure i have a big question for you guys go for it so with social media and instagram can contemporary restaurants survive without hyped internet items anymore and follow up to that is how is it affecting how many new items restaurants have to put out 
at any given time, right? And we contribute to this. Food Beast contributes to this. We're culprits we, of we, pushing we are that culprits. Pressure. We talk because our audience specifically comes to us to talk about what's new, and so we seek out what's new. And we go even further with our food festivals. We collaborate with restaurants to make sure they create something new, so that our food festivals have that hype. So we are absolutely part of the hype train. We will say that for sure. But how is it affecting restaurants, right? Because restaurants already, right? A heavy capitalized business. If you, want, if you want your kitchen and your hood and your permits and your bar and your whatever, you're investing hundreds of thousands of dollars and that's on top of leased space for seven years that you owe money on, right? It's already a hard, low margin business. And then on top of that, is social media culture saying like your menu that's four months old is whack because I haven't seen anything on the IG lately? Your menu wasn't that good to begin with. See, okay. That's what I think. Your menu's not that good to begin with. In-N-Out's a really bad example because they have such a legacy and years under their belt. But imagine if an In-N-Out style brand came out today, they would have a bit of, of challenge to get through, but your menu's not that good to begin with if you're getting like outshined by flashy things. You, you weren't going because your core product's not there. Like I still go to Halal guys. They're not really in a, they're not doing quote unquote innovation in terms of like the fuck boy being on Instagram and creating stuff that gets a double tap. But Halal guys is just good food, right? It's a very staple style food and you go there just for that. You remember to go there once a week, once every couple weeks, and you go there, it's just good food and it's and it's satiating. But it also photographs well, but I, I don't think that's why Halal Guys succeeds. Like Halal Guys started as like this really grimy style truck in New York, and you go there not because the picture's gonna look good, but right. because the food is good, and you're getting introduced into a new culture. So they don't need to keep hyping. They don't need to in, invent new items to stay relevant. You just have your core product and it's good. I think the problem is when these new style like entrepreneur chains are popping up, they don't really have a sense of self to begin with. So like, yeah, there's pressure from people like Food Beast to like what's new because we, your current, your regular menu isn't that dope. I completely agree with everything you're just saying, you're saying right now. P.S. I don't like Halal Guys. But <laughs> spicy take. But everyone loves a lot of guys. <laughs> Honestly, ask any Canadian; they'll tell you that it's not it's not good. Damn. But that's besides the point. I think I I there's a lot of folds to this conversation when it comes to a restaurant and Instagram. I think that the most confident restaurants don't care about Instagram. They'll have dark lighting. They'll own their dishes. They'll have five menu items and they'll own it and they'll kill it. And every month they'll come out with a different special and they'll come out with a different thing and people will flock there because it's a legacy restaurant and it's a famous chef or a Michelin star chef or a really awesome chef and they'll go. Mm -hmm. I think the smartest thing to do, now keep in mind, I'm not a restaurateur and I have zero interest in, go in, in, in owning or running a restaurant, but I go to restaurants all the time as you guys do that the same same way. There's two types of restaurants I go to. There's the restaurant I go to during the day for the, for the, for the photo or for the cool item that sure. like might or might not taste good, it's irrelevant. Then there's the restaurant I go to with my girlfriend or with my friends where it's like fine dining, I'm, I, I don't care what the price is because I know it's gonna be an incredible dish. An experience. And it, I go for the experience I'm, and nine times out of 10, I'm, I still am taking the picture because it's part of like the social influencer foodie kind of way that we all live, but I know it's not a good picture. I don't care about the lighting. It's not even about that. I don't care about that. I'm, I'm doing it because it's a, 
because I'm there and I could take a picture, but really I'm there to have the menu item. Yeah. You know, if I really wanted to take the picture, I'd go back during the day, the next day when this lighting is good, blah, 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 blah. Think of like a Morton Steakhouse. You, you, there's places that just are staple. I don't really need to take a picture there. The menu doesn't change that often. Never. But it's but it's just solid. Like you know, you're ne- you you have uh, where's what's this? is that the steakhouse you took me once? You heard that I hadn't been, Jeff? Uh, no, I took you to Mastro's. Mastro's, steakhouse. yeah. Mastro's yeah. is better, yeah. dude. Yeah. Ma- yeah, Mastro's is tight. Yeah. Jeff had heard <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. Jeff's like, <laughs> you've never been to Mastro's. He's like, just. Drop Tuesday. what you're doing. But they do yeah. it also with their truffle fries stacked up like Jenga. They do that too. Sure. Right? The thing is, is like a place like Morton's doesn't need Instagram because their clientele is legacy. Like people are going there yeah. because their parents went there because their grandparents went there. And, yeah, but and like, so on and so forth. But does that legacy carry on is But my here's question. my point. Then you got Salt Bay's steak restaurant. No one's going there for the food. <laughs> they're going there for that sexy middle they're going there for elbow <laughs> salt <laughs> right. you know so that's so gross is it not what the fuck did, did, did no one bring up that like so he's basically rubbing salt <laughs> on his body and putting it on these like really expensive Dubai steaks is he from Dubai uh Turkey Turkey yeah these really expensive steaks from Turkey like but that's the thing is that you know there's a lot of there's the, the gamut of restaurant goers is so big these days because back in the day, when we were growing up, when we were kids before the internet, we're all very old, just in case you guys don't know, but yep. we were around before the internet. Uh, we didn't go to restaurants to take a picture of food. We didn't go to restaurants for anything other than to experience the meal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like now it, it's the opposite. People only go to restaurants for the picture and they only go for, like how often are we all congregating like our, our community 50 people deep like last week at the LA County Fair yeah. just to take pictures. It's an unfortunate balance that we've definitely tipped in the scale of taking pictures versus the the experience. But the scale is is tipped on restaurateurs because now a person like June Stir and Style can open up a one item restaurant based on a popular picture. Or Jed. Yeah. I love him and it's a, it's the best concept, but he's doing it based on his experience in the Instagram world and it's smart. It's really smart. Just like back in the day when uh, ethnic cuisine was coming in North America, people were kind of like confused. And now there's nothing but ethnic cuisine. Now it's if it's not, not cult- ethnic, it's kind of weird. Like it, it's yeah. Like what are you doing? What are you gonna like? You know what I mean? So it's a sign of the times. It's 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 society that is changing the way we dine, and I like it a lot. You know. And then you go to a restaurant like Noma in uh, where's Noma in Netherlands. Uh, Netherlands, where you get everything. You're getting Instagram, you're getting food experience, you're getting restaurant experience, yeah. and probably the best dining experience ever, and that's why they continuously win best restaurant in the world every year. How do you feel, Jeff, you're born and raised in Orange County as well. How do you feel about Orange County's restaurant scene? You've also eaten all around the world, that's why Deep I'm asking. Orange, Orange County. Uh, what's beautiful about Orange County is one, we're an ex- and Angelinos are going to hate me, but there's, there's an extension of LA that happens just because we're down a freeway. So we're lucky in that aspect, right? We get access to probably some of the best culinary neighborhoods in the world with an hour and a half drive. But we have to but deal we're with there. the LA shit. But we're there, <laughs> yeah. right? And I think that by having access to that community, that gives our community a leg up because it's not just 
a suburban community without that access to a major metropolitan center. And it's not just any major metropolitan center, it's Los Angeles. The problem with Orange County specifically is that we are the home of, if you especially expand it into the Inland Empire, we're the home of major fast food chains and major theme parks. And those things don't add up to quality food in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, right? That's just like, mo it's just suburban bad food, re realistically. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we all love fast food. There's all a place for it. Yo, bro, let's go to Taco Bell right, right now. Honestly, like, but, but at the same time, so like Orange County's in this weird place because everywhere craft dining is becoming a thing, right? It's like there are good restaurants everywhere now, which wasn't true even in the 90s. You couldn't just go to any town and there was a chef with a craft restaurant or there was a gastropub doing something that interesting. That word didn't even exist. And that, right? And so we're like kind of rising from the ashes in a way, but then at the same time, like you see stuff, why there's so much copycatting here is because of what you mentioned. There's this entrepreneurial mindset that's almost like better, I'm an entrepreneur and that's better than a chef. You ever watch Shark Tank? Love yeah. Shark Tank. You know, entrepreneur? Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's a lot of entrepreneurs that got big on Instagram that think they can open up something and some of them become successful, like The Loop, and some of them don't. And sure. that's okay. Because in the world, in restaurants, that's what happens. But I don't, I don't want to completely knock the entire entrepreneur scene in Hell Orange no. County. Hell no. Because there's also a, a big part about being an entrepreneur is, is noticing something and capitalizing on it. So just because you're not first to something, in my opinion, doesn't mean you shouldn't try or do it better. Like Lyft, did that come after Uber? And they're potentially doing better, right? They're like, there's a lot of things you can innovate on and do it better. So Izzy actually just shot me. He was like, yo, did you know that Project Pokey basically jacked California sushi donuts? Sure. So those are two Pokey concepts, but California sushi donuts is entirely built around these sushi donuts. And then Project Pokey, which is a place that served Pokey, then added a sushi donut on their menu. Hold on a second. This is the same place we're talking about, right? Different place. Different, different places. places. There's, lo There's so a lot of Pokey, Pokey and Project Pokey. Yeah. There's lots Pokey of Pokey. Pokey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can we kill up. the fucking Pokey train? <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up. I'm sorry. Oh, man. We have no tuna left. Um, but Dude, anyway. Well, hold on a second. Side note. When tuna becomes extinct, do those restaurants become extinct too? Absolutely. What are they going to serve? Fake know. sushi? They're going to serve fake Depends tuna. on what June comes out with. Then <laughs> okay, but but this Project Pokey is an interesting example because California Sushi Donuts is the brand that existed before, right? They didn't have a restaurant, but they served pop-up stuff. Project Pokey came and in my opinion, did it even better. They got all the news and accolade for it. They weren't first, but they were better at being second. And they made more money from it. They did that. Project Pokey still exists. I actually haven't heard from California Sushi Donuts in a while. They're probably doing just fine, right? There's a, probably enough of a need and want for that item. But that's an example of someone who came second, potentially third and fourth. I don't know the origin of the Sushi Donut. And they just own the branding. They did it better. That would, whose fault is that? It's no one's fault. I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think it's opportunism. And I think that's something that like you can't shake a hand at someone who saw something brought it to a region where it wasn't at legally could do so and then had and then was successful at it and i think that's to me what's the interesting part of the conversation of copycatting is like 
if you're not bringing churros or if you're not bringing shrimp bowls to the Inland Empire and you and you don't even have a standalone location yet, right? Like, yes, in six years, you might be expanding to your seventh location and like looking at, you know, so you're holding on to this idea that no one's going to like copy or replicate my stuff for that long. But realistically, it's going to happen. And all someone else is doing is taking that idea, executing it probably in a similar way, but is also bringing an entire different community that food that most likely would never experience it because they're never going to smorgasbord. So like there's, there are still <clears throat> positive benefits, right? Like you expand gar the category. Garlic shrimp is amazing. If you haven't had it, you find out it's amazing. And that's for the food world is good. The diversity in the food world is good. And so I think that there are elements, as much as I'm not like gung-ho, go copy your neighbor and bring it somewhere else, a lot of these concepts like, well, if you're successful, expand it to areas that you want to, right? And that's not an easy thing. But at the same time, like I think that there's like, so there's these windows of opportunity in these different regions. Why slapfish can go to Utah, because no one does lobster rolls there, is like a window of opportunity. And he's the best person in that opportunity to fucking crush it in Provo or wherever, because no one else is doing it. So when you talk about shrimp daddy versus Loki pokey, do you think, are you saying that low-key pokey by adding this onto the menu and getting it in front of more eyeballs potentially could help sales for someone like shrimp daddy i mean I, I, two things yes like a lot of restaurants if you a lot, a lot of restaurant rows right so uh it used to be there's a main street and I don't know, and down and there are food halls now, but before food halls, there were restaurant rows. And if you ever talk to people and owners of these restaurants on restaurant rows, they didn't look at their neighbor and be like, fuck the Greek place because like I'm do I have some hummus on my menu. Yeah. <laughs> like they were they were like they were like, oh, well, we're representing like a number of restaurants, and because there are twelve restaurants on this block. People will come here, and if you're too busy, they will bleed over into my restaurant, and we all we all win. And it comes down to like, are, are am I going to be better than you from a food quality, from a service, from an availability? Like, I still have to compete that way, but I'm not just like fuck everybody. Yeah. And I think that's that's the difference within with this culture, the IG culture, right? Is there's like cattiness to the nth degree well, the ig culture it, isn't in the rows that you're talking about it, like it's got but it is though but it up. is it depends where you're talking about but for example shrimp daddy and low-key like a, a lot of these brand and main squeeze they're getting their bones and they're cutting their teeth on being at food festivals and being at night markets where they could show up at different festivals and stuff but they're around each other at the same place so and it's the same <clears> concept <throat> So it's not like a Greek place on a, on a busy street right next to a pizza joint, right next to a taco joint where you have three different options. You're basically going to a food festival where there's a potential where you have a pineapple joint and a pineapple joint butted up against each other. So yeah, your business is going to be split. But I don't know. That's, that's the big difference right now as opposed to these rows because the rows are well – they're more manicured. They're more – designed to kind of house these things. Like you go to downtown LA, you know that you can go to like Badmash, and then if that's busy, you go over to Redbird. You're gonna get two different experiences, but you're in a good area. Well, and see, that's where 
the internet and let's call food markets are very different is that there's no governing on the internet whereas like in a food market you go to grand central there's no two barbecue places there's no two breakfast places there's no two ramen places there's one of every type of thing because they're smart like that yeah the thing is with this whole situation of jacking is of like food jacking is that it's not a new thing it's really not like from the beginning of time diet soda like who came up with diet soda first whoever it was guarantee you the next competitor was like oh yeah, but we, we need to come that. out with diet soda now. Yeah. It's smart business. So it's okay to be butthurt about another company jacking your dish. But at the same time, imitation is the best form of flattery. And at the end of everything and all feelings aside, that's what you got to take out of it. Because I'm no different. Like back in the day, where do you think I was getting my inspiration from? I was combining something Izzy made and something you made. And I was like, oh, these are two hype things. What if I made them together? People would think that's double hype. Epic mealtime Jack and Foobies? That real? Dude, that mealtime Jack everything. Spicy! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude, I used, to st- I used to steal your articles on Epic Mealtime. Damn. Post them. But I would always have the Food Beast URL there so people would always revert back to you. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking it as Epic Mealtime content, but it's directing right to foodbeast.com. So in my head, I was like, okay, no problem. On the flip side of that, shout out to Dude Foods, maybe the original food porn internet guy, individual. I like Dude Foods a lot. I don't know the guy, but he he definitely called me out for jacking his stuff one time. And uh, I had to correct him because he didn't invent the bacon taco. I invented the bacon taco. Talk to him, Josh. But (laughs) the thing is that it was a conversation, you know? And, you know, you, you think of things like, you go back and as we're talking about this this conversation this topic of food jacking i'm thinking in my head like the oldest food jacks i know and in in canada we used to have dunkin donuts they're few and far between right now because tim hortons came in and swooped them and took everything as any canadian pretty much any north american knows (laughs) and tim hortons came out with timbits which were little donut holes munchkins ah literally the same exact thing so it's like, where do you where do you call it what it is? Like, okay, there wasn't any Instagram there, but the streets was basically the same thing. Here, here's the good thing. Here's the good thing for Jed, and here's the good thing for June. These are independent concepts with less following, jacking your stuff to a lesser audience, right? And less, like, probably less good too. And probably less good. I'm just going to assume it's less good, right? And again, I haven't had the copycat concept, so I can't really say, but I'm gonna make that assumption because I've had other copycat stuff. I've had tons of fake cronuts, and it's not as good. They're never good. good. It's not as good. Seriously, they're never good. They're just never as good. Make the pilgrimage and try the cronut from Dominique. It is worth it, man. If you go to Paris or wherever, but like even the one in New York, oh my God. Get yourself a food boner, change your pants. It's lit. Any donut concept in the area that gives you a fake Krona, it's not the same. Not the same. And, it, and in some way, because you're swagger jacking, like you're at an almost complete disadvantage, yeah. right? Like if you go three posts back on the whatever pokey place, and like there's now vitriol all over from from Jude's circle of friends and people being like, "What is this stuff?" Yeah. And so like at the end of the day, like it's tough. Like I remember there were multiple conversations in the Food Beast office when we're just like, "This publisher just took that, and like we know this was an original idea, and like we're heated." And then the next day, we just built more original stuff. It makes you better, you know? right? It makes you it better. Puts you, it makes you more sharper. And that's what's unfortunate about the folks who just, like, as a creator, as a restaurateur, 
as an entrepreneur, I would hope that you have a sense of pride to want to do, try to do something first, try to do something dope. So it's all, I almost feel bad when you put something second to market, when you put something third to market. When you're the second or third person you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're birthday cake, like you guys have the opportunity to go to the drawing board, go home, smoke a joint and come up with something fucking dope. Like you have the opportunity. You built a, you built a platform in your restaurant. Just go to town. Build something new for yourself. Like that's half the fun of living life. Like why would you want to keep doing Dominique shit? Like no one's gonna reference birthday cake. Sorry, birthday cake. I you guys are homies in the area, but like no one's gonna reference you for coming up with that marshmallow shit. Sure. But he did a really good job though because who Dom? Yeah, you 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 say Cronut and and anyone who has had it from there, the original Cronut, knows the name Dominic and associates the two together. But if you think of any other kind of like food item, are there any other food items that are like that where you associate that food item with that person? Like mm-hmm. who? The original, Julia Child with her beef bourguignons or, or flaming Hot Cheetos, son. Yeah, food beast. I mean, <laughs> we did not create the flaming Hot Cheetos. No, no you know what? That, that was misleading. Mean? We are not yeah, the originator But that's of the thing is that if it's as good as it is and if it's really that sick, it doesn't matter. Imitators, it doesn't matter. There can be many imitators, many duplicators, no originators. If, if some of the entrepreneurs listening could take anything from it, all Dominique does is, one, he's a great pastry chef out of the gate. Like, you can't discredit, like, Hell, his history. You can't discredit the craft. First and, and foremost, craft. Yeah. the craft. He's a master. Yeah. Okay, but lesser people have created amazing things. But what Dominique does, he's just smart business sense. He goes and he trademarks it. Don't be afraid of trademarking something that like you don't know if it's going to be dope or not. But if it's something new and original, go to the trademark office, file a trademark, go to LegalZoom.com, pay your 500 bucks and like trademark it when you launch and really own something. And then you can kind of protect at least the name that you associate with the item you created. So like if I was June and I like did some take on the pineapple, like I'm going to go to trademark office. She probably did it. June's a lawyer. Right, but like, even with Jed's, like the loop, I hope the logo is trademarked and box people out at least on copying the great branding that you brought to the table. Protect the things that you can, and let everything else just go off your shoulders. Just let that shit run off of you the best you can. So like, if someone comes and creates a site called Food Beastie, you bet your ass, fucking Patrick Fraioli, our lawyer, will be knocking at your fucking door. Sorry, I'm but just trying to go, Daddy. Food. Be- <laughs> <laughs> you know, my domain just registering all the Food the Beastly is my new one. You're 100 percent right in that's everything the you're saying. Away, just for sure. Just, well, here's the here's the thing where I actually like disagree with you. Run it, dog. So being second to market is cheaper. It's more efficient. Less R&D. Less R&D, and you don't have to test anything. So that's always going to exist because as much, everyone in this room, I think, wants to be uh, have ingenuity and create something new. We are the minority of the people that I know. A majority of people that I know would rather be rich. So and if, go take and go there. Yeah, and then cool, and then I can be I can be uh, awesome because I'm rich, and I can be creative because I'm rich. And I think that as much as I think that's like actually an attitude because second to market means you test your item, you build the line, 
you build your store, I build a replica store in a different market, and I already, I already did my R&D. I watched your social <laughs> following. I watched your lines. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's, and that's what sucks for people who want to create something new. But I don't think the majority of people want to create something new. I think the majority mean, of people want to be successful. That's 2017 risk-taking. I don't right disagree there. with you, but it doesn't mean we can't talk shit on those people. No, like, without, without a doubt. Thing, but like, I also think like if you're solely coming, no morality at all, right? You're just like, I want to make money. It's great business sense. It's fantastic business sense. There's, Let you do all the stumbles, you scrape your knees, and I'm going to come in and just come in with knee pads. Because Shrimp Daddy doesn't have a brick and mortar store one year later, right? The Pokey Place does. So they can just put a, menu, put a menu item up, and they have probably even better capacity to serve more. And you know what? At least on their IG, they're like, we sold out of our pineapple boats at a Riverside location yesterday. I, maybe they had five. I have, I have like no <laughs> Which clue. Which is a tactic a lot but of no, But for what it's worth, to contribute to your point, you're right. Because as a consumer, if Stern Style, or what's it called? Sorry, Shrimp, Shrimp Daddy. Daddy. If yeah. Shrimp Daddy isn't around, and I'm fiending for this bowl, and the only other place I can get it is Riverside, guess what? I'm Go there. River, I'm there. I'm there. Or if I happen and to I live com- in River, yeah. I completely agree with what you're saying. There's only one thing that... that counteracts that and that's the internet and as days go on we know this because it's our business the internet is fierce and if you fuck up that bad you're toast if i'm not saying he did your toast your toast for what a 48 hour news cycle i don't know it depends depends. on how bad you messed up really It it really depends on how bad you messed up like you think Starbucks won on that uh on that thing that they did what thing the unicorn frap yeah they lost on that Oh, I think they won. I think Do they you? got exactly like, what they needed. I, what do you think? I think the hype was awesome, but the backlash was bad. I don't think I forgot about that. You literally mentioned <laughs> it right now. I have no, fu- and I work every day in remembering these things. I have, I had no fucking clue for you a got, second. There's a Blank Starbucks guy. next door. There's Starbucks next door. <laughs> I think Starbucks did exactly what they wanted and got exactly what they needed. They got a flash in the pan news cycle by creating a unicorn frappuccino. Yeah, they were very impressive in he- how fast they got it to market. I don't see a negative for Starbucks. I'll tell you the negative. What's the negative? They came out with what, four other ones after that? Did any of them pop? Any of them. What you, what you mean? Name one that's not the unicorn frap. That's Didn't they the come out with like three others? Wasn't it like a they monster? Always come out it was with like crap. a monster one. Yeah, they had, like uh, another I don't know. one. But it doesn't matter. I feel like they tried they did the flash in the pan. It didn't cost them much. No. They proved that a a, a chain at that scale, one of the biggest chains in the world, if not the one of the largest mm-hmm. behind, I think, Subway in terms of units, they were able to to implement an item in probably a month, like, and get it out to market, test it. Like, yeah, some baristas were crying because they, like, couldn't <laughs> Liter- mix Literally colors. crying. They're literally crying. But, like, get out of here. Starbucks as a brand proved themselves really fucking dope. They were really in tune with social media. And I mean, they did shit better than most like independent coffee shops. Like they they got swagger jacked there. Like the Starbucks owned it. So like what you're Starbucks basically game. saying to me is shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, your opinion is invalid. I'm just saying. I think credits deserve for fair, Starbucks. Fair enough. On I didn't that. even have it, so I'm just just talking shit. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, the point is, is that the internet is a fierce thing, and if you mess up that bad, they won't let you ever forget it forever. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's my point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I don't think at the end of the, I want to understand though how you feel like they messed up. 
I just like ne- I didn't hear one good thing about that thing. It didn't taste good. I tried it and it was fucking awful. But the idea of the of owning something in the unicorn color spectrum is not about taste, but is about people taking the photo and they and they completely own that. And it was disgusting. But it was it was it was you know how you know the saying no pub- publicity is bad publicity. Like yeah. that was bad publicity, which obviously wasn't a bad thing. Like they didn't. No one was like this is the sickest thing. Everyone was like. Look how cool this is. It tastes like shit, but look how cool it is. Yeah, and everyone was tagging Starbucks. No, no. They gave them $5 at a fair, time. Fair, fair. <laughs> it's millions. backwards positive marketing. Yeah. If, they if prove you, the point that you're talking about yes. that no publicity is bad. Yes, like, yes. Ex- unless, I don't know, there's there's bad examples. I'm trying there's to th- the Subway example, which is awful. Where- they never do anything right except for franchise. But like, I, there's examples I'm thinking of where people came out with menu items that bombed. There are. I just can't think of them right now. Can we now, talk about are. Burger King for a second? Because Burger <laughs> King, uh, they came out with an item that was a complete ripoff from a friend of ours. What, the Mac and Cheetos? The Mac and Cheetos from the Vulgar Chef. Very specific item. Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle, the Vulgar Chef. Amazing creator. Great branding. Uh, God bless him. I hope he gets a brand deal one day, but he needs to stop telling people to gargle their balls after their recipe. He really has to stop talking about food and farting. Really, but, but that's do you, why we, do you, Kyle? Do you, Kyle? Never, never change. Yeah. Best guy. Do you, man? But yeah, the vulgar chef created something called Mac and Cheetos. They're basically fry looking things. They're very much more thicker. Imagine yep. like a steak fry stuffed with Mac and Cheetos, uh, Mac and cheese coated in, in Cheetos. Yeah. Regular Cheetos, right? Deep fried. Amazing. Great looking thing. So smart. Yeah. Great home recipe. And who do you know? Burger King, out of left field, puts this on their menu. There's nowhere else you would have thought of this if it wasn't. For, search the internet. Vulgar Chef First comes up person. with this recipe. Burger King launches it. By the That's, way, probably like two years earlier also. Yeah. Two which years is early. like, you're really? really messing up Burger King. And it's out of no, your Burger King. You put out burgers, you do onion rings. Now you're gonna put mac and cheese coated in Cheetos. No. What you smell, smell Doug? What you, you smell? smell that? Desperation? De- is, that, is that? I was saying I that? smell a rat. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Burger Burger King has. Uh, here's here's how Burger King come out of the rut they're in. Nix everything off your menu. Keep the Whopper. Ditch the stupid fries. Just do a Whopper. Become a Whopper joint, and that's it. I I don't like Burger King. What? I'm not about it. Have you tried a Whopper though? I mean, yeah. Whopper is fire. I was always about the big king, <laughs> personally. Is fire, son. Woo! Things are different in Canada. Our FDA equivalent is extremely higher, so we don't get all that, that stuff. We have like three burgers in the entire country. But I completely agree with you, which brings me to my... We were talking about it earlier, like restaurants coming out with things that are so far out, far out in, in left field that like, why are you coming out with a mac and cheese or something or other? It doesn't make any sense. It's not on, if it's not on brand, that's the problem. If it's not on brand for you, like leave it to the side. It's a cash grab. It's a, it's an attempt at trying to pull audience. I mean, I'm saying audience, but it's customers really by making this food porn esque type of thing, which by the way, didn't hear one good thing about. Saw Dame Jobs do a review. He killed it. <laughs> he destroyed. He didn't destroyed like it. it. No, he didn't like. It. I yeah. love Dame, man. Best guy. So can I? Can I tell you guys about my theory? Go for I it. I'd love to hear it. Okay, this is this is a theory that I talked about Ooh. with Chris Abu Abdu. He's our developer here at Food Beast. Jeff and what? I. I have a theory that with all the rampant 
digital content sharing and reposting right like there's no there's no like laws in instagram it's kind of like if i take your photo but i tag you right it's like cool like for now delete it tomorrow which is basically content stealing right yeah so i think that's specifically going into our culture as human beings and that's specifically digital psychology. So I bet people who are ripping ideas off and actually in real life serving those ideas. Cool, I saw it there, I, I put it here. That's the same thing. That's the same thing as Instagram. And so like, that's something from a morality issue where like, are we gonna like let that slide? Or like the other morality issues in this country? Are we just gonna like let it Cool, yeah, just do it. Or are we gonna like say something about it? I mean, that's us saying something right now. Yeah, we are. That's that's us saying some shit right now. I I don't have a a, a legal answer for any of this. I don't even know if there should be. Because like, I'm in the boat of like, I don't want to put more constructs on people. Like if someone, if birthday cake can do a variation of Dominique Ensel's and somehow it tastes better, like as people and foodies and food beasts, like we're all better for it. Right, like, right. cool. If, but there should be some homage paid. But more constructs kind of sucks. Like you run into more like creativity issues because if Dominique trademarked the Krona, what if Jeff in his new donut shop like wanted to create something, some a variant, and it just tastes amazing? We miss out on that right. as people. So the constructs suck. But in terms of recipe creation, as a recipe creator, if you change, like if the recipe calls for coarse salt and you change it to fine salt, it's a completely different recipe. Okay, so that's, I wanna follow that up. Yeah. Because like- I've researched that, by the way. So what's the line then? There's it, zero line. It's one ingredient. It's one ingredient. It's denominations. And, and, and if you so ask for any, a tablespoon and I put half a tablespoon, different recipe. So that's the line. That's the line. And that's a, and that's the line that you take from a content creator standpoint well, or also like a community takes. Because well, I, I don't know. I don't know what the line is. Well, that's right? the thing is that like you compare – there's not a lot of guys like me. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but there's not a lot of guys like me. There's like like Kyle Volgershev and him and him and I are the same type of creator. We create recipes. We, we invent food items. There's not a lot of that. Um, but – I've come across items where I see it, like for example, Kyle's mac and cheese fry, or yeah, mac and cheese Cheeto fries, okay? Like I would look at that and be like, okay, like how did he make it? He added, he made a cheddar cheese sauce, put it with the macaroni and then covered it in Cheetos. But for me, if I made a cheddar cheese sauce and added hot sauce to the cheddar cheese sauce and then used flaming Cheetos, that's a different, a whole different menu item. But essentially, it's a burger. It's the same thing, a burger's a burger. A Baconator and a Whopper is a burger. A hot Cheeto fry and a Cheeto fry or is Cheeto still fries. a Cheeto fry, right? Well, here's where the level of respect comes in is instead of you just going and creating mac and cheese fries like Vulgar Chef did, you went and created a donut shape of the same thing. Yeah, essentially. So, well, without, yeah. it's not the same thing, but you used flaming Hot Cheetos and you created a donut filled with cheese instead of mac and cheese. I, Completely different recipes, but I could see where over time inspiration came. But as a result, we have two completely different valuable recipes. Look at us talking about valuable recipes. Both of these are mac and cheese. <laughs> well, no, I, I made the hot Cheeto donut based on Kyle. So here's the deal. Kyle put out the macaroni hot Cheeto donut. 
Mm. Not hot. He put out the macaroni Cheeto donut. Remember that? He made a do- he made macaroni in a donut mold. Yep. And coated it in Cheetos and deep fried it. I saw that and was like, I'm gonna steal that. As well. No, no, no. Realistically, I would never. I don't. I don't. I would. If I stole it, you know me. I would. I would say I stole it. <laughs> but the, the I saw that and I was like, whoa! I never thought about using a a, a bake donut mold to make other things and i was like what if i melted cheese to do that because i saw him do the cheese taco shell with the same procedure melting cheese into a mold freezing it and then right so like that's the that's what i'm stealing from him is the idea of melting cheese and reconstituting it into another shape so what is that am i jacking his procedure or am i jacking his concept I think it's all beautiful. I agree with you. Because what is your point as a content creator? What's the end game? I mean, you create it, you want views Inventing. on it. Is there, you is, there, is, there a view, is there a view count where you're like, I achieved what I was trying to get with this, with I have, this content? I, I care nothing about that. Obviously, views are hype. <laughs> yeah, like obviously, like if I get a million views on it, I'm fucking tooting my horn. You have a I big mean, smile. Like, <laughs> I care nothing about that. Views are huge hype. grin on his face. But like, here's the deal. Look, Yo, views access is fire, huh? <laughs> Shout out to Google. Views are hype. It validates everything. And like, if I never had that type of attention, I probably would never have keep going because it fuels the fire, of course. But realistically, the bare bones of all this shit, and you guys could attest to it as curators and creators yourself is that when you come up with a dope thing regardless of how well it does on the internet you're proud it's like a proud bait it's like a proud kid a child at the end of the day all we want is a little shout out like that's the whole thing what does it mean to say shout out to vulgar chef you know what does it mean it's just a nod as an artist and a creator who puts something out in the world you just want to be acknowledged by other people that's like at the end of the day what it is if you're a real douchebag if you like really want to protect the art and sue and do all that that's your game but like for i don't consider myself an artist but if you did like most artists you just want to be acknowledged you're creating so you want to put something out into the world you're being vulnerable for the world you just don't want to get shat on you want to Someone acknowledge that you created something and they like they're giving you a little head nod. I yeah. appreciate what you made. At the end of the day, that's that's what I look for in the art that I put out. When I write something, when I put out an idea in a meeting, it's just like, cool, yeah, you you heard me, you respected it for a little bit, tight. I'm good. And I feel like that's that's like the mutual respect that people have in the food community. And I think that's where feelings are getting hurt right now. If we go back to the food jacking, it's like bare, bare minimum. If you want to create a new item, put it on your menu. Just give a little nod to where it came from. But then you, do you as an entrepreneur? You just said it, and it triggered an idea, a uh, thought in my head. And it's like the guy who owns uh, remind me the the competitor of June. Loki Pokey. The guy who owns Loki Pokey has zero social media following. I don't know that. I, I I actually don't know much about whoever owns He's, that place. He probably doesn't have as big of a social media following than, than June does. Okay. Right? So in his head, he's like, oh, well, I'll just take it. No one's going to know the wiser. But in reality, he's shooting himself in the foot because all of June's people are going to his Instagram and tearing him apart. Do his do June's people have a right to do that? I think anyone has a right to do anything on the internet. That's sure. what the internet is. It's a, it's the Wild West. Yeah, you're supposed to be a hater in a comment. <laughs> but it's... But it's, it's you're not hating on this guy's idea. You're hating on the fact that he took the idea, right? Well, let me let me present some other devil's advocacy for you guys. Like, because I think there's a whole stream of people that not aren't necessarily in this room, 
that will argue that even if someone took an element like reconstructing cheese in a certain way that like will then make less content and be more original i think that's like somewhat of a valid thing the problem is me being a founder and a content publisher to survive we have to create x amount of content right but where what you saw with traditional journalism into digital journalism, like flipped articles instead of original stories. What you see in recipes is like leasing an idea versus a completely original idea, right? So I think like it's a sign of the times, but it doesn't necessarily mean the times are right, right? Like the, the like that's we're doing well what we do to survive and adapt because at least on the food bee side of things, like. We're a 15-person publisher trying to sit on the same block as huge food publishers that have either existed in the space for decades or came from funding or all these things. And we just have to put out content. We have to. But that doesn't mean I don't struggle with some of it. Like I wish that some of our content is would be better, you was to, better, is to, better. Yeah, we have to play a numbers game. But at the end of the day, better content always wins. Like, ah, I don't know. Here's the thing. Look at this. If we recreated a recipe that we've seen before, it could do well. It could do really well. But the, our best recipes on Food Beast have been shit that literally comes out when I haven't, I haven't talked to anyone. When I'm in a fucking sauna with my roommate. What? Don't hit the table. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just fucking slapping the table because I'm hot. so heated. He's so heated right now. I was now. trying to do that all smoothly. I'm sorry. I Hold on, get back to I me. Like, like, yo, don't, don't mention no, this shit. No, but like Braden's literally freaking out in his headphones every time you hit the table. But anyway, Anyways, guys, if you're still listening get right now, tweet us right now. <laughs> tweet us at Foobies, at Book of Eli, Jeffrey Kutnick, at Josh Elkin, and let us know to stop hitting the table. Anyways. Back to you in a sauna with your roommate. I'm in a sauna with my roommate, and we're just like, yo, man, how tight would it be if we took In-N-Out? We love In-N-Out. We got to cook dinner tonight. Let's put it in a fucking pie and we're like did someone create that like i don't know we came up with it right now we're just looking at each other sweat we put that on we put that we put that on the internet look we go home we cook it we put on the internet it's unfiltered and it's like 30 million views 40 million views later like huge at the end of the day if i just kept going into saunas right and like not swagger jacking other people and our our, as our stream of like we don't copy other people as a as a code of ethics but like what what jeff's talking about in terms of like creating a lot of content sometimes we get leads someone may have covered and food just has to cover it a different way but better content original concepts like have sharper angles to the top than copied content or whack content not all original concepts are good so like i've did an in and out burrito that i thought was going to be fucking amazing and only gets viewed by one one hundredth of the people that saw the in and out pie but it had that much more sharper of an angle to potentially be a hundred million viewed video and so take more take more moonshots in my opinion when you're like a creator but that's just my ethos like if you want to be second and like do something better you can have a consistent business you can have a consistent life being second 
and being third and doing things better and being a great entrepreneur in that sense. I just think you have to live with it. Like for me, yeah, for, for like, own it. For like uh, the three of us, like I think we'd have a little trouble. You like have an itch. No. Like yeah, we just be like ah, like my success is like fuck. Like we didn't fuck. Like we didn't do it. Yeah. You know, like we've and, had and, that. We've had that, that conversation, before. and that would bother me. But that's me. And so I think like I hope it bothers more people. I hope or this conversation makes it bother more people. But at the end of the day, I. I, I don't think I think it doesn't bother a, a, t- a majority of people. Yeah, more power to you guys. I mean, run it. But like, I can't sleep at night. Like, if 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 like a huge article trended and like we copied it from someone, which we don't do, we gotta keep protecting ourselves. Like that, I just don't feel right about it. But like, I get fucking gassed when it's an idea that I know like people in our newsroom came up with, or someone in passing told us that we're friends with, and we put it, we put it to like. Josh, the the recipe that you came up with of a uh, the pickles that were twisted mm. and spiraled and coated in Doritos, like I was like, I've never seen that before. Never felt more proud to put that out. And look at the resonance. What's it at? Like ten million? Yeah, views? It, was, it popped. <clears throat> it it comes down to the same. You know, you have the same conversation with like these older executives in the internet, and it's like, okay, they sit down, they bang their hands, like, what's the equation? And you're like, what equation? And you're like, for a viral video. How do we make a viral video? And you're like, dog, there's no friggin' equation. It's like you put out content and you hope it hits. And if it does, it does. And if it doesn't, you put out the next one. And that's the whole thing is that you never know. Like I didn't know that my that the uh, Doritos crusted pickle sticks were gonna pop. We even watched the video and we're like, yeah, I guess. Remember, we had the conversation. There's no like, formula for viral, and if someone sells you on it, they're cheating you. Yeah, there's they are. Be- you can you can hedge your bets. You can. Do anything. You can make it with hot Cheetos deep fried on a pizza stuffed in a burrito and like put on a cake and it, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, good idea. It good idea though, John. Yeah. <laughs> and if Vulgar Chef is the first comment on that video, he tells you to gargle balls and it becomes the top comment, you're fucked. Like yeah. there but, goes your viral but, video. But that's the whole thing is that like, yeah, you could you can make your business model off of being second and being uh, and, and playing follow the leader, which is cool. And I guarantee you there are a thousand and one successful businesses that do that. But Pizza Hut was the first person that put cheese in a crust. I'll forever remember that. Pepsi was Pepsi was the fir- Pepsi was the first person to make see-through soda. You know what I mean? Like, like what the fuck? Like that's what it is. So it doesn't matter that you're playing follow the leader because the innovator will always win. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Dog. And we're all like that. This is a beautiful podcast. I feel, guys. Have yeah, a good time. Like episode. I like episode. It. Is that the end? I don't know. I feel weird. like I feel like. So I feel like you ended it real I mean, nice. I'm saying. Bow tie, I, I feel okay. like that was a nice bow tie. Mic drop. We might have a better intro, guys, but we're still going to have shitty outros. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the catch up. Follow us all on Instagram, Twitter. We really appreciate it. If you guys like leave a review on the iTunes store, that'd be tight. Real tight. Tell us if what you liked or you didn't like. Tell us who's been copying shit so we could talk about them. And uh, until next week, what's up? Peace. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs>